Genesis chapter 1 verse number 1 If you have it say amen Most of us can quote it Would you read it with me? Can we all read it together as just one big choir right now? In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth And the earth was without form and void And darkness was upon the face of the deep And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters And God said let there be light and there was light i'm going to read it just one more time you don't have to read it with me in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and the earth was void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and then the spirit of god moved for the next few moments with the help of the holy ghost i want to preach to us on this subject a move of god prepares for a word from God. Would you set your Bibles down and would you lift your hands now? And can we ask that God would truly minister to us here today? We need God to minister in this room. Wherever you're at, whatever your situation you're in, I want you to lift your hands. And I want you to cast your cares at the feet of Jesus right now before we get into the word of the Lord. Come on, really pray for a few moments. Come on, that's it. Just for a little while longer. Come on, until you feel it stirring in your spirit, would you pray right now? Lord, anoint me from the top of my head down to the soles of my feet. You've burdened me with the word. Give me the wisdom to use it correctly. Let the gifts of the spirit flow. Do a work that only you can do, Jesus, in this house. Come on, lift your voices. Until you feel God beginning to move upon your life, I want you to really pray. In the name of Jesus. We need you, God. We need you, Jesus. We've got to have you, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Turn to somebody and say, Well, I don't know what I'm going to have you tell them today. I'm just joking. Turn to somebody and say you love them and be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The beginning of your Bible starts with this. And I believe that it's the beginning of all of our days. This is how we should start it. This is how we should start our lives. This is how we should begin everything that we do. In the beginning, God. Before there was anything, God. And when you get that order correctly, everything else begins to work. I have found that when I don't start my day with God, my day is typically more chaotic and more crazy than it should be. But when I put God in the beginning, Everything just works. Because in the beginning, God. God has to be the source of it all. God has to be the beginning of it all. God has to be the originator of it all. Because when you get in the beginning, God, everything else just begins to flow exactly how he planned for it to flow. 
Job in his self-righteousness in everything that he was going through, telling God how righteous that he was and, 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 and informing him of, of all of his knowledge of the word and of the cosmos and of this and of that. God speaks to him out of the whirlwind and, and, and says, Job, where were you? When I laid the foundations of the world, he had to bring Job back to a, a, a balance. He had to, to recalibrate, so to speak, Job's source of origin. Because if you ever get away from in the beginning, God. Everything else just begins to get out of balance. Before there was a creation, there was a creator. And when you begin to get in the beginning, God and you get a diagnosis from the doctor, you're not as fearful because you understand before there was ever that diagnosis, you had a God. And before that trial ever came into your life, you had a God. And when you put God in the beginning, everything else, it flows seamlessly and it just all begins to work. I believe that's why a lot of us act out of frustration because we don't start with God. And when you start with God, it all flows correctly. I want you to look at, at Joseph's life. It began with God. And when he was in the pit, he relied on God. When, when he was with Potiphar and, and lies were told against him, he still had a God. When he was in the prison, he still had a God. And when he was in the palace, in power, in the fulfillment of the promise, he said, had God not done all of that, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Because when you keep God in the beginning, everything else just works. You have to understand that when you put God first, when you seek first the kingdom of God, everything else just begins to add unto you. And it just begins to be put in your life. And you begin to be able to be invested into correctly. I remember... I had a teacher in high school, my science teacher. He knew I was a pastor's son and he asked me, he said, Dylan, he said, do you, you folks believe in the Big Bang Theory? And I, I didn't know how to answer him. So I went home and I, and I asked my dad, I said, dad, do we believe in the Big Bang Theory? And I, I saw him kind of ponder on it just for a little bit. And then like without missing a beat, he said, I guess we do. He said, because if you don't think this is a big bang in the beginning, God, and then things just started flowing. He created the heaven and the earth. And God said, if that's not a big bang, I don't know what is. My God is the kind of God that can speak and it'll happen. He can move and it'll take place. Because when you get God first, it doesn't matter where you're at in life. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter how formless or void you feel like you are God. And in the process of creation, it starts with God. And then God created the heaven and the earth. And the Bible says that the earth was without form. Which is simply saying that it, it was meaningless at that moment. It was in a state of confusion at that moment. And secondly, it said the earth was void. Meaning it had a lack of order. It had no order within it. And lastly, the Bible says that it was covered in darkness. 
You see, when we think about darkness, we cannot comprehend this darkness. Because even in the darkness of the night that we live in, we still have the lesser light that God commanded to rule the night. We still have the moon and the stars. When we think about darkness, we can't comprehend. This type of darkness is the kind of darkness that leads to a feeling of obscurity and oppression and hopelessness. It's that kind of darkness. I think the only people that can understand the darkness that was in the beginning were the people that were in Egypt. Because in the plague of darkness, it was the kind of darkness that you could feel. It was an oppressive kind of darkness. It was the kind of darkness that leads you into feeling like you're hopeless. Like you have no hope and like you're all alone and secluded. That's the kind of darkness that was in the beginning. But in the face of everything that was, the Bible said, and the Spirit of God moved. There's something about the moving of God's Spirit. You see, God doesn't waste to move. And when God begins to move, it is not relegated and it is not meant to just be an emotional high. But when God begins to move, He begins to move on what has no purpose and He gives it purpose. He begins to move on what has no order and He brings order into it. When God moves, things begin to happen. We've got to have a move of God. You look at 2 Samuel 5 and 24, the Bible says, And let it be when thou hearest the sound of the going in the tops of the mulberry trees. That literally means when you see or hear that I am going before you, David. When you hear the sound of my presence, my spirit going before you, then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. The setting of this verse is that David had just defeated the Philistines once. And they come back again. And the second time David inquires of the Lord, he says, what's my move? What do I do? How do I go forward from here? And the Lord tells him, you just position yourself for a move. And if you can ever get in the positioning for a move of God, when I begin to move, I will set into order what's chaotic. I will remove what's coming against you. I will do what nothing else can do in one swift move of God. If you look at this victory, it just seems like any other victory. But the Bible says that they smoked him from Gibeah all to Gazir. It is in a commentary that I read that they said that it was somewhere between an 8 to 12 mile victory. And it was on this road of victory that they find in chapter 6, the very next chapter, that that is where the Ark of the Covenant was stored. Because when God gets ready to move, He doesn't waste His move. He's doing it to restore that which has been lost. To bring back that which you thought you may never see again. God doesn't waste to move. When God moves, He's trying to bring order into your life. In fact, Gazir was the original border between Israel and the Philistines. So what God was also doing was reinstituting a boundary between them and the enemy. Because when God moves, He moves with, with great planning and with great strategy. He doesn't waste His presence. 
And there are people in this place today. We have come into the house of God. We feel the moving of His Spirit. And we say that's only for the emotion that I'm feeling right now. But in fact, when God's Spirit begins to come into this place, what He's really trying to do is get inside your heart and begin to bring order into what is chaotic. Begin to bring purpose into what is void. Everything that feels like it's formless and has no purpose when his spirit comes he said i'm coming to give you purpose you find that gideon was a young man that was fearful didn't believe in himself didn't believe that he had much to offer all he had was a little bit and he was threshing it and hiding And he finds himself being called out by God. And the Bible says in Judges 6 and 34, But the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And when the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew that trumpet, the Bible says that Abizar was gathered after him. He went from a man that was fearful, but by one swift move of God, he was a fearful young man that didn't believe into himself, to an army commander. He was a general over a great amount of people, because when the Spirit of God begins to move, it's looking for somebody in this place that is coming here saying, my life Life is chaotic. My world is turned upside down. I feel like I have no purpose. I feel like I can never be used. And when the moving of His Spirit comes in, it's so that you can leave here saying, I've got a call on my life. I can be used by God. I can do great things for the King. Someone say, God doesn't waste a move. Say it like you believe that God doesn't waste a move. Say it with some conviction. God doesn't waste a move. The moving of His Spirit right now. It's not just so you can clap your hands and feel good. That is the opening of the door. But we've got to go beyond the opening of the door and allow Him to come in into the dark places and into the hidden things and begin to set into order. God doesn't waste a move. Bible says in Isaiah 59 and 19, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. I believe that for every move of the enemy, there is a counterpart and it is the moving of the spirit. I believe that every time the enemy tries to infringe upon your life, every time he tries to come in with lies and accusations and things into your life, there is a move of God that will try to reinstitute order and try to bring peace back. But we've got to be sensitive to the moving of the Spirit of God. God doesn't waste a move. You look at Matthew 13 and 3, the Bible says, And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forwith they sprung up because they had no depths of earth. Verse number 6, And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, They withered away, and some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprung up, and they choked them out. But others fell into good ground, 
and brought forth some fruit a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Now this part right here is what's important. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. You begin to look at this parable of the sower and the seed. And you move over to John chapter 15 and 1. He said, I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. A husbandman literally means a tiller of the soil. I believe that what God was trying to say in the parable in Matthew 13 and 3. Is that there is a move that is trying to come upon every type of soil. That has allowed things to get into it. That is trying to bring break the ground up so that my word can begin to bring fruit in your life again if I may expound on what I really feel like this means yesterday in the airport with my wife as I begin to really study the Lord begin to bring revelation into this and there are things that we don't allow a move of God to deal with and I believe that Matthew 13 describes these perfectly each each type of soil is a type of person that doesn't allow the moving of the husbandman to work on the soil of their life and it hinders the word from being able to produce in you what it is trying to produce in you you look at the wayside people if you begin to look at that it is actually talking about a pathway it is talking about those that didn't have enough money to buy the good ground of the land so the land of which they bought was land that was walked upon and that was trodden upon and that was compacted to where it was so hard that it would take a tireless effort of them trying to break the ground open God was trying to say that if you will allow a moving of my spirit to come upon you he said I am the husbandman I am the one that's moving on the soil and if you will let me come into your heart I can break every bit of that hard ground that you thought would never be surrendered to fruitfulness again I can break everything in your life that you thought would never bear fruit again I'm here to preach to somebody that has let the cares of this world walk all over your soil and you haven't seen fruit in a long time I'm telling you today under the anointing of the Holy Ghost the husbandman is here to break the ground so that you can see fruit in your life fruit in your home fruit in your ministry one author said it like this We allow ourselves to be manipulated by the mass media, becoming like clay in the hands of the author, the writer, or producer. We are pounded and compacted by relentless pressures that play upon us until our convictions are set like cement. There are many people here that allow so many other voices outside of the voice of the pulpit to walk through your life until they have stomped out your emotions, until they have stomped out your sensitivity. And when the word goes forth, you haven't allowed a move of God or the husbandman to your vineyard to break open the ground and God is here today saying I've set the move of my spirit and the moving of my spirit is so that I can break that which you thought would never be broken I can turn over that which you thought I would never turn over secondly he dealt with this 
the stony ground. Stony ground, he says a little further in that chapter, are those that get a word. And this word falls into the soil. And when it falls into the soil, it takes root and it grows up a little bit. But the moment the first trial of life comes, because there is no root in that person, a root is where you find your source of nutrients. It's what goes into the ground and draws the source of nutrients so that you can draw strength, that from which you need. He said those that allow offenses to come and they don't deal with those offenses. I believe that those offenses not given to forgiveness become bitterness and Hebrew says that bitterness is a root of bitterness so if you don't have a root connected to God you will have a root connected to your bitterness and your bitterness begins to define everything that you see because the root system is what draws the source for it to grow and for it to become and there are people under the sound of my voice right now your roots are grounded in bitterness and that's why all you can see is your hurt all you can see is your betrayal all you can see is the things that happened against you but I'm here today to sound the alarm the husbandman is trotting upon your soil right now trying to turn the ground over trying to remove what has defined you for long enough The Lord spoke something to me in the airport yesterday. He said, stony ground people, what they don't realize is that Hebrew says that bitterness often ends up affecting everybody else around them if not dealt with. He said, what stony ground people don't realize is, he said, as their stones eventually will provide stones to be thrown at other people. Because if you don't deal with bitterness, it becomes all you see and it becomes all you feel and it becomes all you know. Because that's your root. That's what you're drawing from. When I, right now as I am preaching and trying to pull you out of your despair, all you can think about is what happened to you and the unfairness of the situation. But I'm telling you in the name of the Lord, the husbandman is walking and he is moving on your soil today trying to remove that which has hindered you long enough. I feel a release of the Holy Ghost right there somebody with bitterness and hurt and despair you need to let the husband in work on your heart again oh come on lift your hands right now Your identity has been your hurt long enough. You hear me in the Holy Ghost. Your identity has been your hurt long enough. You have allowed your hurt to be all you can see. And so you have become what you were hurt by. You better hear me in the Holy Ghost. It's time for you to let go of your hurt. It's time for you to let go of your bitterness. God is speaking to the hearts of men and women right now. And he's trying to tell you there's fruitfulness coming to your family. There's fruitfulness coming to this body. And I don't want to bypass you. I don't want to move over you. Let 
the moving of His Spirit. Remove that which is stopping your fruitfulness. I believe we grow an attachment to our hurt. Can I just talk about what I feel for a minute? Can I slow down on this? I've got more to say, but God won't let me move. I believe we grow an attachment to our hurt. We grow a greater relationship with our hurt than we do our own walk with God. It's all you think about when you're driving. It's all that you think about when the preacher's trying to preach to you faith and fruitfulness. And your hurt has been what has defined you and it has created your image. There is a greater image that God is wanting to give you. And that is His image. He wants to make you look like Him, walk like Him, and talk like Him. And there's got to be a release of things that have happened to you. I read a book one time on discipleship and the Bible, you know, when we talk about the disciples, one thing I didn't know is that a rabbi was so, so wanting his disciples to be so like him. I didn't know this, that he would literally tie a rope to his disciples so that they would mirror everything that he does down to the way that he walks. So that when the rabbi would walk, the disciples would walk like him. And that somebody from afar could see how that person was walking and know who their rabbi was. God wants you to become a disciple with such an image of him that when people see you afar off, they don't see your hurt, they don't see your betrayal, and they don't see what you're going through. They say, he's got a little different walk than everybody else. He's got a little different talk than everybody else. He's got a little different movement than everybody else. Release yourself to be used by God. And lastly was the thorny ground. The thorny ground were those that allowed the cares of the world to choke out the word of God. Now this is simple. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. We get it mixed up. We think we can provide for ourselves better than our creator can provide for ourselves. And if there's one thing I have learned in my short life is that when I try doing it on my own, that's when I get messed up. But when I get out of my pride and out of my ego and I lay at the feet of Jesus and say, I may be able to do it, but you can do it a hundred times better than I ever could. Things begin to work out on their own because God said you put me first and when you put me first I'll put everything that you've ever wanted in your lap there are gifts that are trying to come to this body there are things that are trying to come to this body but until you lose the ground of thorns until you lose the cares of the world and say God I'm just gonna trust in you you want to know why I believe David was a man after God's own heart because he trusted God to work out every situation. Saul could be trying to kill him, a man that he loved. And he just believed, I'm not going to throw spears back. I'm going to trust God. That's why David could write things like, if I make my bed in hell, you are there. 
because David understood whether I'm in the pits of hell or I'm at the gates of heaven or anywhere in between I'm not alone in this fight I put everything in the hands of God and if it's in the hands of God he'll work it out there's got to be a release of the soil that is choking out your fruitfulness there's fruit hear me in the Holy Ghost there is fruitfulness trying to sweep across this place it's everything he just talked about. God want to use us. God want us to be used by him in a way that we have never been used before. But until we deal with what is stopping us from becoming fruitful by the word of the Lord, it cannot, it shall not happen. He who hath an ear to hear, let him hear. The real issue of it all was, is this was impairing their ability to become fruitful by the word of the Lord. So God said, the husbandman walks upon the soil. There's a move of God before there's a word from God. Because the move prepares for the word. The move gets ready for the word to take root. And there's people here that have asked and wondered why your word hasn't come to pass. I'm telling you, if you will deal with the soil of your heart today, if you will release what God is trying to release in your life today, you will see fruitfulness in your family. You will see fruitfulness in your home. You will see fruitfulness in every situation. But you've got to let go. Would you lift your hands right now? And would you open yourself up to the move of God that's in this place right now? Come on. Open your heart up right now. I want every person in this room that is struggling with things that have happened to you. That is struggling with your emotions. That is struggling with your ability to let God be God in your life. I want you to lift your hands right now. And I want you to let the move of the Holy Ghost that is in this room. I want you to let it sweep across your heart. I want you to let it sweep across your job. I want you to let it sweep across your marriage. I want you to let it sweep across your mind. Come on. Every new convert that is here. Let God be God. Every person that's about to get the Holy Ghost. If you'll let God work on your heart right now. And remove what's in the way. His spirit will come and live in you. Come on church. Lift your voices for a little while. We're not going to go any further. God's going to deal with a few things right now. Open your spirit up. To a move of God. Come on, there's fruitfulness coming into your life, but before it can be released, you've got to let go right now. You've got to let go right now. You've got to release it in the name of the Lord. You've got to let go of those things. I feel the footsteps of the husbandman walking in this building right now. And he is walking across this place with a tiller trying to make your ground everything that it can be for fruitfulness.
What we do in these moments is we let what we feel be all that we get. We let the moving of the Spirit of God, that's the knock on the door. And we won't open it up to let it get in our spirits and deal with what it's trying to deal with. There's a knock at every person's door in this house right now. And the knock that's at the door is God saying, if you'll let me in, I'll take care of it. If you'll let me work on your heart, if you'll let me work on those situations, I'll move in a way I have never moved in your life before. But you've got to yield to the knock of the Spirit. Come on. I hear the knock on your heart right now. Every move of God, every move of God prepares for a word from God. Because what the move of God does is it sets into order what's in chaos. And it brings purpose to what's been voided. And it brings light to what's darkness. Every move of God is preparing you for a word. The move prepares for the word to direct. And there's a lot of us that have been asking why the word hasn't exactly worked in our hearts. And it's not because the word has lost its power. The Bible says that the word cannot return void. But the word gets put on pause when it finds ground that is cluttered. And what's going on is is there's a cluttering in the hearts of the children of God to where you can't hear the word in the purest form that he intended for you to hear. That's why the verse after he's talking about the sower in the seed, he who have ears to hear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church. That's why in Matthew 13 and 12, for whosoever hath, what is the hath there? The hath is from verse 9, who hath ears, for whosoever hath ears to him shall be given. And he shall have more abundance, but whosoever hath what? Hath not ears. From him shall be taken away even that he hath. Because when you can hear and the word can work in your life, it will begin to pull out of you what has always been in you in the first place. You've got to think about that. The word falls in the soil and the soil and the word work together to produce from the soil. God's trying to do a work, but he's trying to pull it out of your spirit. And for it to come out of your spirit, you have to release the contaminants that have stopped it from being produced in the purest form. God is working on the ears to hear. How we hear is what's going to produce what we produce. And I believe Matthew 13 and 14 and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah which saith by hearing ye shall hear but you can't understand and seeing ye shall see but you cannot perceive. When you can't perceive and you can't hear you can't become what the word is trying to make you become. But when you've entered into a place 
where you have removed everything from your spirit. The hurts, the betrayals, the things that have walked all over you, the things that have caused you to have unbelief, the things that have caused you to have bitterness. When you release those things, God says now, this is a place that when I speak the word, because they yielded to the moving of my spirit, my word can draw out of them what was always in them in the first place. There are things in every person under the sound of my voice right now that God needs to use for the kingdom of heaven. But it has been held captive by the things that have contaminated our soil. Things that have stopped me from being used are things that I have let come into my life that God never intended to come into my life. And it pauses your spiritual growth. That's why we have people that haven't grown in 10, 15, and 20 years because the growth process has been stopped. The enemy knows he can't fight the word, but what he can fight is the soil that the word goes into. And so God in this place today is trying to work on some hearts right now. It's trying to work on some minds right now that have allowed things to come into your spirit that has contaminating the fruitfulness that God is trying to pull out of you. I have often wondered, Brother Myers, why can some people be healed and some people not be healed? I believe this is why pre-service prayer is so important. I believe it's why it's so important how we come into the house of God. Because when you've prepared the soil, the word can work. That's why some of you have lost faith in the house of God. I mean, in the word of God. It's not because the word has lost its power. It's because we as people have lost our ability to prepare ourselves for what the word is going to do. I believe the man of God comes with a fresh word every Sunday. But it's up to us on the soil side. I'm telling you, there's about to be a release in this house of fruitfulness today. I feel it in my spirit. There's about to be fruitfulness sweep across this place. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, for those of you that will catch a hold of what I'm trying to minister to today, and you will let go of the contaminants of the, uh, that, that have stopped the Word of God, there will be a release of fruitfulness for this body today. I'm telling you not a week from now. I feel it in my spirit today. I feel it in my spirit right now. Oh, how you name of the Lord Jesus. Would you lift your hands for just a moment? Mm. A divine move of God positions you for a divine word from God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved. The moving brought into order what was chaotic, and then God said. And when God said, He spoke into existence, 
everything that needed to happen. And I want you to look at Genesis 1 and 9. He says, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place. And watch, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Look at Genesis 1 and 11. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass from the herb yielding seed, the fruit tree yielding fruit after his own kind, whose seed is in its self. When a divine move of God prepares the earth, God is able to pull from earth what was prepared by the moving of his spirit. And so what is in this room right now is a divine move of God that is preparing soil. Because what God is about to start doing in this place today is He is going to start pulling from you what He has been trying to get out of you all along. If we're going to be what God wants us to be in the end time, we have got to allow Him to pull out of us the gifts that He has invested into us. There are people here right now, I'm telling you, I feel it in the Holy Ghost. God is pulling on your heart to release some things in your spirit that you have held on to for far too long. And if you will release it today, hear me, fruitfulness will also begin today. God will begin to pull out of you. There will be people you're sitting next to over the next few services that look at you and say, where in the world did that come from? And you'll say, I have no idea. All I know is at an altar, I gave God what he asked me to give him. And when I gave it to him, I started doing things I never thought I could do. I started being used like I never thought I could be used. If we're going to be the army of the end time, We've got to let God pull from us. Come on, it's here right now. Come on, I want you to lift your hands again right now. And I want you to really let the moving of God's Spirit work on your heart. There are people right now that are fighting with the Word from God. Because you won't let them move. Take it out of your spirit. I'm telling you in the name of the Lord. If you will surrender right now. Everything that has held you back. From being everything God wants you to be. The word will bring fruit yet again. Come on. There needs to be a release right now. In the name of Jesus. I release an openness. To sweep across this place. That people would open their spirits right now. To release those things that have defined them. And handicapped them for far too long. Come on. You need to lift your voice right now. You need to surrender to what God's trying to move in here right now. Come on, there are folks, you haven't moved in far too long. And it's because you've been handicapped by the soil. But God is moving and he's trying to pull out of you. Come on, let it go right now. Come on, release it in the name of the Lord. 
Come on, you've got to release it. I am struggling with somebody's spirit right now. You won't let it go. It's like God is pulling on you and you won't release what has held you back. Hear me. Let it go and let God restore you again. Come on, there's a resistance right now. We got to lift our hands and we got to push right here. I need every spiritually sensitive person to recognize the war that's happening in this room right now. Things are fighting because there are souls that are about to surrender their false identity that has held them back for far too long. And we're not going to give up. We're going to keep pulling until they release everything that's held them back. Come on, there's a move right here. I said there's a move right here. There's a move in this place. Uh, release that bitterness in the name of the Lord. Uh, release that offense in the name of the Lord. Uh, let God turn that soil over. You've been hardened long enough. Uh, release it. Uh, let the husbandman uh, work on your soul. Come on, there it is. I'm telling you in Jesus' name, it just walked in here. Something just walked into this room right now. If you're struggling with some things that have held you back, if you'll stand to your feet right now, lean your head back and open your spirit up, I'm telling you, God will begin to work on your heart. You know, I... I feel like God is about to do heart surgery on some folks. I feel like God is about to take out some stony places. Come on. Come on. I feel restoration in this house right now. God is trying to restore you, sir. God is trying to restore you, ma'am. You'll be greater than you ever were. You'll do more than you ever did. You'll go further than you've ever gone. It's the release of what's holding you back. Ah.
if you're in this place right now and you've been struggling with what I'm talking about, I want you to come to this altar. This altar is open right now. I want you to come to this altar. I want you to come quickly. Come on, there's a few more. There's some of y'all that don't need to leave this place until you visit this altar. There's some of y'all that don't need to leave this place until you visit this altar. I'm telling you, God is going to remove some things. And when it's removed, there's going to be a release of the Spirit that sweeps across this house. I want you to come to this altar. And when you get here, I want you to lift your hands up. I don't want you to stoop your head as a sign of surrender. I want you to look unto heaven right now. And I'm telling you, it's going to be like heart surgery begins to take place in the hearts of people that are in this room. God is going to begin to work on your spirit. God is going to begin to work on your emotions. God is going to begin to work on your mind. Come on, press in. Come on, press in. There needs to be some groanings in this house. There needs to be some groanings in this house right now. Come on, let God work on it. You've held on to it for too long. You've held on to it for one too many days. Let the Spirit do what the Spirit is trying to do right now.
you to find somebody to pray with right now. God's not done in this room. I want you to find somebody to connect with and somebody to pray with right now. And I want you to begin to bear one another's burdens. I want you to begin to lay hands on one another and speak the word of faith into their life. Come on. The move is preparing for the word. Come on. The move is preparing for the word right now. That's it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.